Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsession with uh, Frank Santopadre. I forgot your name That's already. That's fine. And uh, we're once again at Nutmeg. And with Frank Rosa. Yes. <laughs> and uh, let's see if I remember these two names. Not a chance. Uh, uh, Devlin. Are you right? Desmond. De- De- Devlin, switch them, right? That's right. Devlin, Desmond. No, the other one. Other way. Wait, the other one. Yeah. Okay. Desmond, longtime Mad Magazine writer, Desmond Devlin. Yes. All right. Desmond Devlin, longtime Mad Magazine. Now let me see. What is his job? He's the senior editor. Senior editor of Mad Magazine. Okay. Wait a second. Joe Rayola? Nicely oh, done. I'm so upset oh that God. you got my name right. That's oh a great. Would you please well, mispronounce it? This has been Gilbert and Frank's <laughs> Butcher my name. I'm wanting yeah. you to butcher my name so badly. <laughs> well, Joe and Desmond were here. We just, Gilbert and I just recorded with the legends uh, Dick DiBartolo and <laughs> the wonderful, ageless Al Jaffe. And uh, Desmond and Joe were nice enough to come, and in fact, Joe set up and coordinated that episode with uh, with uh, Dick and uh, Al, which when this airs, you won't have heard yet. <laughs> but they decided to stay. Actually, we just we hijacked them at the elevator and said, "Come on, guys, stick around and do a little mini episode with us." And here they are to talk about. Now we were talking Esquire about Mad Magazine presents <laughs> Up the, the Academy. Academy, yes, which yes. was uh, a severe piece of shit. I think the New York Times. <laughs> really, yeah, it. I, yeah. I believe it's a direct <laughs> quote. Vincent Canby had that in the headline. Yes, <laughs> I believe it's a direct. Now we were talking on the show uh, that with Alan Dick. Yeah, why? Are you, why are you torturing? Us with this? Why, yeah. do you, why do you keep bringing this up? We did, we're not you enjoy the failure. You this enjoy show. that he it does. fell. We, we, talk, we talk failure. about bombs on this. Up <laughs> the Academy was such a piece of shit <laughs> that the star of it, Ron Liebman, yes. had his name removed from the credits. <laughs> but you understand. And here you are today. You, you, you do understand <laughs> that that mad writers had nothing to do with yeah, that piece yeah. of shit. Right. It wasn't man. written by mad writers. Uh, mad editors weren't involved in it. It wasn't viewed by mad writers. And they said it's looked upon, you know, if you call it mad, 
<laughs> then we could make it like Lampoon. You'll have a whole chain. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what they were after because you had National Lampoon's yeah. Animal House. So and they still they seem were trying to, to be brand coming it. out with National Lampoon things that show up on cable at four. Yeah, now in the it's morning. all cable fodder. Yeah, and less and less. So of you it. want to talk about what Mad's done wrong over its yes. sixty years? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's just a continuation. <laughs> it's of and, and, and <laughs> they, they said that that uh, that Gaines. Um, had his name, his name, and Mad removed. Oh, and and that the statue they had a statue yes, of Alfred yes. E. Newman. They had to cut that out of the movie. Well, he paid fifty thousand dollars to have the statue of Alfred removed. I believe from the DVD print of the movie that's because what he a did piece not of shit want. That yes, that's exactly yes. right. That's, right. That's, he also that's defaced the statue. You want the fifteen people who saw this movie to know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, now I will tell you. I will tell you something about Gaines. Go ahead. Yes. Before, you, uh, tell us how long you've been at Mad Magazine. No, I've been at Mad th- for 32 years. 32 years. And, and Bill died in 92, Bless I think. So yes. I, you he know, died I'm, a week after meeting me, I'd yeah, like to point out. A week out, after but, meeting me. Yeah. Well, maybe those two things are related <laughs> in some way. It, but, I, I, I once <laughs> rode on an elevator with George Gaines. Bill Gaines. <laughs> Bill Gaines. But George, George, George Gaines was the guy this, from Police George, Academy. This, George this was, was a wonderful his cousin. guy, you know. George, I love George his George Gaines was his good for nothing cousin. I loved him, you know. And his wife, Barbara Gaines. I never Oh, Barbara Baines, I, I meant. Excuse me. George was 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 a fuck up. Totally, George. Yeah. I, I think he wrote <laughs> up the Academy. George. Oh, no, actually, I on. was on. I was on an elevator. He had Crohn's with disease, Bill by the Gaines. way. <laughs> and and I just remember, I didn't see him behind me, and I was standing on the elevator, crowded elevator, and all I could hear was. <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he had, he had health problems. Yeah, and I turned around. There he was. Oh, you're talking about George or Bill? It's this Bill was, now. Now George got, had already gone on now, vacation. Now I'll tell you about Bill. Actually, actually if no, I can interject, you, back on, at okay. EC Comics days, um, one of the office guys they hired wasn't too bright. And so Bill Gaines had this idea. He basically took rubber cement and made it a scar and put it on his face and pretended to be his own evil brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and he that. would storm into the office and start screaming at people. And he'd go through Bill, uh, Bill Gaines' own desk and pretend to steal money for his brother. <laughs> Just for the purpose of terrifying this person in the office. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. So you've been with the magazine 32 years and you knew Bill well. Before he died... Quite a uh, while before he died, he said to me that he was going to haunt me in my dreams. And <laughs> it's just true. He said okay. he was, he was yeah. going to haunt me in because in, we didn't get along in a lot of ways. I mean, we loved each other, but we didn't get along because very different people. You know, me being a vegetarian and Bill, Bill would eat animals while they were still walking. <laughs> uh, um, um, so I had a Gaines dream. I actually had a Gaines dream. I'm, and here's the dream. I'm standing in the doorway at, at my office and Gaines walking down the hall and I can't believe it's Bill and I say Bill I I can't believe it you're alive and he says to me no I'm not I'm dead and I say but 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 you're you're here you're standing you're walking he said what you never heard of the walking dead then he walks into the office and he's talking to uh, another editor, another editor of the season, and says, hey, Bill, you look like you lost weight since you died. And then Gaines and I start walking around the office, and I'm showing in the office, and he stops. He grabs me by the shoulders, he turns me to him, and he says the following, and I quote, 
I hate to break it to you, but all this is a waste of time. You should enjoy it. It's very nice, but it's all a waste of time. And then he dies again. Wow. Oh. <laughs> That's profound and, and disturbing and terrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm don't, very upset. Don't talk for the rest of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> that was, ex- and it was exactly in his voice. All this is, a- you guys should take that advice to heart. All this is very nice and you should enjoy it, but it's a waste of time. Of course. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you, you've what are you, obviously. What are you breaking news here? You've obviously heard this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, think maybe, I think maybe Gaines has heard the podcast. My so, entire career is a waste of time. Now, one thing I have to say about the those fold-ins, there were par- there were some fold-ins that even as a kid, I said, "Oh, come on," where I'd go like, "How come that guy's ear looks like a car, <laughs> and why does that guy's nose look like the Statue of Liberty?" Did you ever try drawing a fold in, Gilbert? I mean, it looks, I, you know, as Did you ever try, Gil? You know, Al's not here now, he so you want to start Al criticizing the no, fold in. As a kid, I did, I would try to do those, and I mean, it is impossible. Well, that's because he's an engineer at heart, oh, Al, yeah. that he's able to actually pull those things off. No, I mean, those, those were, I mean, he's brilliant. They were based, you know, Al did not mention this in the episode. No, but I didn't want to ask him about it because he's asked But so actually, often. I think they were inspired by the the Playboy centerfold. Right. By the, you know, Playboy would fold out. That was the oh, whole thing. Life then. magazine right. had the four-page Life spreads would open too. up. And t- you know, so things like Al that. Jaffe, uh, because Playboy would fold out, he decided to make it fold in. Part of right. his genius. Wow. Isn't that great? He's yeah. he's amazing. That was and nobody's done it. I mean, it's been parodied, but but mm-hmm. but nobody. And I don't think pa- anybody can do it. The parodies are bad mostly. Yeah. They, you know, you could yeah. see you're in celebration of him when you see the bad parodies. Absol- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's truly amazing that something like that is has stood the, the test of time. Al is like Al is like the Neil Young of cartoonists. He's always hip. You know, he, he 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 never goes out of style. No, and it's so cool that the Daily Show and Colbert and this whole other generation, this you know, this cool generation of of satirists and humorists, revere him. Yeah, well, you know, I won't put Gilbert and I in that category. No, but, <laughs> but he's he's as he is as hip and as and as au courant as at, as ever at ninety five at ninety five. And and he told us before, and this again, the the episode hasn't hasn't posted yet that he did his best fold in. Ever, recently, after what fifty fifty four years of doing them, or fifty finally got it right, fifty one years. <laughs> he, he, he finally got it. You know, Al, Al gets to stand in ovation when he walks into the room. Yeah, because people are people are so happy to see him. Well, people on social media said, you know, please get Al Jaffe for the show, and so we're glad we did. We and, had, the, and also the thing about the folding to remember is Al. These are not computer generated. I know. These are not things that Al yeah. creates on the computer and emails into the office. He actually sits at the board and he illustrates them. And he, he goes through that process and he, he brings them in a, in a portfolio the way he would have years ago. So on that he said level, he's never, he never sees the finished picture until it's printed in the magazine himself because he does it on a hard board. Right. So in his head, he knows what's supposed to happen. He works it all out. But he literally doesn't see the picture any sooner than anyone else. When it's well, and I've read that he tries to deceive the, the reader as long as he can, yeah. as, but he tries to do a little subterfuge. Oh, yeah. Because that's part of the 
the mastery of and, it, the plan. And I asked Al to sign a magazine for me, a Mad Magazine. And, you know, it was funny because his hand wasn't steady. You know, it's got like kind of a twitch in it. And it it took him a while. And I said, like, how are you able to do those drawings in the back? I mean, when you have so much. And he said he just loves it so much. And he spends mm-hmm. a lot of time on them, too. Yeah. It isn't right. like he creates yes, a yeah. fold in five minutes. Um, it probably takes weeks and weeks. I don't think it takes weeks and weeks, but it uh, it, really. it, it takes him. His pace of drawing has slowed down a lot. He's 95. So yeah. <laughs> so tell us. We touched in the uh, on the episode uh, uh, in in the the, the full length episode on some of the other legendary mad artists. Gilbert brought up Proheus and and Aragonis, and we talked about Jack Davis and Drucker. Any um, spe- any specific uh, memories or stories that you guys have? I mean, some of these guys must have illustrated your pieces over the years. You've yeah, been in the magazine I, when so I first long. started at Mad, I was um, I was in, actually in high school when I, I actually cut class mm-hmm. <laughs> to come into the office and meet the guys and show them my stuff. Um, and I was I was able um, sold slowly, but I sold something. Um, you know, I think I was about eighteen or nineteen. But the, the first people who drew my article, the first one who drew my article was George Woodbridge, uh-huh. who was a great oh, another, artist. Another, another I, don't, I don't think he's quite as you know, well known to the public as um, you know Don Martin or Al Jaffe, people like that. But it was wonderful. Yes. Um, Paul Coker yep. drew a very early one of mine. Yep. Um, Jack Davis, Don Martin. I was like getting just the Murderer's Row what a for my first for a series. Kid. It was unbelievable. Coker, <laughs> Coker did my first piece in the magazine, which was a thrill. Which you helped me sell. You were very patient back in '92. You'll never remember the piece, but it was Co- <laughs> but it was Coker, and it was such a thrill for me to get into the magazine, but also illustrated by one of the classic guys. You see, for me, when I was a uh, a mad reader, I guess this was somewhat unusual. It was the writers, not the illustrators, that, that I was. Well, I went to art school because for me, it was Frank Jacobs, right, right, and you know, uh, Jacobs uh, specialized in writing, of course, mad. That song parodies, and I remember off we go into the lunchroom yonder, shoving girls out of the way. <laughs> right. Come on, you boys! Know, he did all the song on. parodies. That's the, the stuff yeah. I remember, yeah. and I used to sing that stuff. And that's the stuff that drew me into Mad first. And I, okay, I remember Mad Magazine used to have like this flying machine that would pop up. Oh, the Mad Zeppelin? Yes. The Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And What's it would the pop story up on them? different pages. The story is that Bill Gates loves Zeppelins. That was it. <laughs> That's the story. As they start drawing one of the pages. I was he was a his, Zeppelin freak. I was in his office, you know, when, the, when I sold the, the first piece and you brought me in. So you, you were probably, in the old office. I was you in the old were, office. You, you probably have no memory of this. It's, the Coker piece was called Practical Joke Items for People Who Hate Pets. And, and <laughs> Coker did it. And I, and I came up to the, the, the office, I guess, to get a check. And you said, do you want to meet Bill? And of course I did. And I don't think I've told Gilbert this. And I went in and there were the Zeppelins hanging in the office oh, and geez, four yeah. air conditioners running, right. probably in the middle of February. And he pulled a bogey line on me. He said, here's to the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And I was, That's what he said. I was very touched. And then you called me about two weeks later, three weeks later, and you were, you were kind of stunned. You were in a state of shock because he had just passed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it w- I was surprised, but in a way, wasn't su- wasn't surprised. I mean, to think about Bill, I would say this: Bill was probably the unhealthiest man I've ever met in my life, and the happiest. He really lived life on his own terms, and um, that was the thing about him that I really 
love so much. And I, it's funny, you have that memory of what he said to you? Yeah. I remember what he said to me. It was a short w- meeting, but. When he, when he first hired me and my pal Charlie Cato, because we were hired at the same time, he said, John and Nick, the other, you know, John Ficarra and Nick Megan, the other editors, uh, John and Nick's tell me that you're, you boys are very talented. I don't believe them. <laughs> and then he said, I propose to pay you as little as possible. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That that stuck with me, and he was not lying. He pro- he proposed <laughs> to pay me as little as possible, and he meant it. And Hilarious. Of course, that was the whole thing about Mad being cheap and sure. all that. And Bill really was cheap, you know. Bill Bill talk about the the trips and all that. He was very generous, taking the Mad staff around the world, but he wouldn't allow people to subscribe with a credit card. Uh, he wouldn't have a bill me a bill me option. You had to have you had to pay. To subscribe to Med, he wouldn't spring for uh, spring water. He had an old-fashioned fountain. He didn't want to pay for the water. I remember when he found out we had we had typewriters in the '80s. When he found out that I was using the electronic typewriter, non-reusable typewriter ribbons, he made me spend a. a <laughs> days finding cartridges that were reusable. That's great. There's some stuff like that in Dick's book. So, in so, book. so that that he wouldn't have to get bills every month for typewriter ribbons. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, on Twitter at RealGilbertACP. And on Instagram, Gilbert Podfried. You see, it's kind of a pun on the last name. Yeah, skip it. Also, visit our terrific new website, GilbertPodcast.com, for the latest news episodes, synopsis, behind-the-scenes photos, and videos, and other cool stuff. And if you like the show, and you know you do, please rate and review us on iTunes. 
can't you see we're stalled for affection? For the love of God! I remember a Mad Magazine that started out, I don't know if it was on the cover of the front page, where they'd say there was some kind of like, uh, from a tropical country, these flat cockroaches. Oh, I I think they did that. Um, th- for a couple pages throughout the issue. Yeah, yeah. so, I, so I'm not even remembering the this. explanation. This is, I think there's like, uh, yeah, and they just sort of popping up. It was yeah, the so margins. when you turned each page, they would have these throughout <laughs> the page. And they're they perfectly flat, and you couldn't remove them from the paper, but they were alive. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah, they said <laughs> these I don't remember that. That was the 70s? I, 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 I'm, I'm forgetting the article. I think it might be an Al Jaffe piece or something, but, but what they did was they sort of like parceled it out. So you turn the page, they talk about these cockroaches, and you turn like two pages later, there's one on the page. And then two pages after that, there's like three of them. And it's sort of like mounting and growing. And so you feel your whole magazine is infested with cockroaches. The strangest I, things you remember, guys. Yeah. I mean, they're almost, 60, <laughs> they're almost 65 years of issues. 65 So years. it's hard, you know, to remember this stuff. And what happens invariably to me when I'm on the road, there's always someone at every show who will come up to me and say, you know, I got to tell you, I love the yearbook parody. <laughs> and you know, of course, they're talking about the national anthem. Of course, <laughs> they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. They're, they're giving it their. Yeah. They're giving it their their best shot. Right. Right. Sergio Aragonés says about this whole life. People come to, oh, I love your work. Spy versus Spy is great. And of course, right, he doesn't do Spy versus Spy. <laughs> right, right, right. So, did either of you know Mingo? Norman Mingo. No, um, oh my God, there's a name. Um, Norman Mingo died about 1980, didn't he? Okay, so, so you, I would have been so. in high school. I'm Nor- Norman Mingo fought in World War One. So he was. So, I did, wow. He's the I only did World War One veteran that. in bad history. So I did not he, realize he was a different he generation. That, that, well, I can cut that part out of the show. It's like asking me if I knew Kelly Freeze yeah. or you know. Oh, you I wouldn't know, have asked. Or, I think Freeze was younger than Mingo. Did you know Wally Wood? I know Wally Wood. He sold him the gun. No, um, Norman Mingo was retired. He was like, he was an illustrator, had his career. He was basically more or less retired. And they put this ad in Mad when Kelly Frias left. They were looking for, actually, I think it was before Frias left. They wanted somebody to do a cover. And so he came in and then he found it was Mad. And it was like, oh, like, like it was beneath him at that point. He was a very respected you know, professional right. artist. And somehow they got him to draw the first cover illustration of Alfred E. Newman. So that was issue number 30, believe it or not. Um, and he, you know, that somehow led basically he unretired more or less from Mad Exclusive. I did not oh, know any of yeah. Here's something that I've never had a clear answer on. <laughs> is it related we, to what we're talking about? No, it is. No, something no. That doesn't involve George Gaines. When was Lionel Atwill born? <laughs> <laughs> Every show has a Lionel Atwill reference. I warn you. I, I didn't think it was going to be related to the discussion here. I don't know why. Where did Alfred E. Newman come from? Oh, that's the perennial. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what are we going to say about this? Alfred E. Newman um, was named after, I used to think it was Randy Newman's son, but it's actually, I believe, Alfred uh, I mean, Newman. I mean, I mean, Randy Newman's father. Right, Alfred Randy, Newman, Randy the, Newman's the uncle. Yeah. It was Alfred Newman. Right. But, A film but, composer. That's but, right. But, you know, the, the, the character has been traced back to various sources. It was a, uh, an advertisement for a dentist. In Topeka, Kansas, so what me worry? Painless dentistry. So and, they pulled the tooth and it didn't hurt. So and, go. They and, used to run in political campaigns like, you know, this guy voted for the opponent, the one you didn't like, that kind of thing. So this, this you know, is moron. Don't be like him. 
But it's you know, it's, it's face no one around. really knows exactly yeah. where that where where the where the idiot Gaptooth character, where that idiot Gaptooth kid came from. Um, well, that's actually why they hired Norman Mingo because they all they had were sort of these old, sort of faded, you know. 1890, 1920 pictures of Alfred Newman, and they were kind of grainy and, you know, worn out, and they wanted to make Mad a more professional-looking magazine, so we need somebody to paint a good picture of this guy that we can reuse. And that, that's, that, that was the assignment. They put Mad in the paper and Mingo. I knew none of this. I, I thought I knew Mad history, and I knew none of this Mingo history. And the thing about Alfred, of course, he's the archetypal fool. And, you know, as, as Blake famously said, a fool who persists in his folly shall become wise. So there's a certain, you know, Alfred, you can play Alfred either way, on one level, he's just an idiot, he's just a total idiot, and it can go that way. But on the other hand, there is something, there's something ab- about Alfred that, that speaks to a certain wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, like in the tarot deck, the, the fool dances on the edge of the cliff and is about to fall off the cliff, but the dog barks to kind of warn the fool that it's, he's in trouble. And so the fool is, is an intuitive character in a sense. So there is a certain... Something there, depend, de- de- depending on how you play it. Yeah. I want to give a shout out too to just since we've mentioned so many artists in the, this episode and the other episode. To, one of my favorites as a kid was Bob Clark. Oh well, Bob Clark, yeah. Jack Rickard, I love. Bob Clark was Ricard. beloved. Was Jack Rickard? I never knew how to say it. Jack Rickard. Yeah, those are guys who could do all really different love. kinds of articles because they a lot of the artists had their specialty. Obviously, like Prohias did Spy versus Spy, yeah. more or less exclusively with a few extra articles here and there. I love those And Sergio Zaragoza did the margins. But yeah, Clark and um, Ricard were really like the, um, you wouldn't call them bench guys, but basically they could do a movie, they could do ads, they could do gag yeah. cartoons, and you know, just invaluable to have when you have to put out a 40 They're both magazine. gone, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and Paul mm-hmm. Coker's still around. Paul Coker's oh, yeah. Paul is Paul. one of several guys who's been working with Mad for over half a century. Yeah. And Paul Coker's designs were used by Rankin Bass mm-hmm. in the 1960s well, on the Frosty fo- the Snowman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, you yeah. see, that's the kind of You're stuff in your Santa brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, the go, ca- that's the kind of stuff in your brain. If you go that- and you look at those cartoons, <laughs> you will see Paul Coker's art. You'll see Paul Coker's designs. I, dr- I wrote an article about two or three years ago about global warming. And Paul Coker drew it, and in the cartoon, in the pages, he drew Frosty the Snowman sweating to death from global warming. Love it, which is his own character. Love it. <laughs> I remember National Lampoon did a takeoff on Mad Magazine, mm-hmm. and one of them was uh, snappy answers for stupid questions, and it was like stuff like, "Hey, uh, is this where the bus stops?" And the other guy goes, "Fuck you." <laughs> well, 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 actually, the, the, the most infamous spoof of Mad, yeah. not many people know this, okay. was done by Al Goldstein in Screw. Oh, yes. <laughs> I did know it. Al Goldstein. <laughs> you He's come up on this show. He, he, Goldstein did an act, an actually filthy Spoof of Mad <laughs> Filthy with 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 Alfred E. Newman and Felatio and 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 I don't remember all of it, but it was completely graphic and and tasteless with that with that you know very low quality screw uh, photoshopping. Yes, yes. Now un- understand this: that Goldstein and Gaines they were buddies. They were friends. Yeah, yeah. They were friends. So, but here's Goldstein. Using these copyrighted characters, he, he does stuff with the lighter side, you know, filthy, just completely filthy. So Gaines has to has to cover his ass. So Bill 
writes Al a letter that says, Dear Mr. Goldstein, as the publisher of Mad Magazine, I am absolutely outraged <laughs> that, 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 that you are doing this. And furthermore, I demand that you remove your newspapers from the newsstands by such and such a date or I will you will be sued. And the screw is a weekly and Gaines gave him a date by which he knew that the issue would be off the stands. That's great. That's a great story. And- <laughs> <laughs> I I also remember there was like one phony ad that that had Bill Gaines in it. As more than as, Bill oh, yeah, more yeah, than one, but there was that one with it was like that kind the, of the Belgian sit- the Belgian belly buster. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. the Belgian belly it buster. Was Bill and who are the other? That's Al Goldstein. Al Goldstein. Al Goldstein. I thought and so. Lyle, Brenner, and right? Lyle, Lyle, Lyle Stewart. Lyle Stewart. Okay. Yeah, because I remember thinking, you know, like when we were talking about Al Goldstein, I thought. I remember them both in that ad. You, you, you're reminding me of something. Someone convinced, I guess maybe Bill's wife, Annie, at the time, they convinced Bill to go to a, a fat farm. <laughs> he, 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 it's true. He, 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 was going, he was going to a Pritikin place to go on a diet for a week. And when he went there, he had people mail salami to him. To break the to break the rules while he was there, he he actually smuggled meat, luncheon meat into the Pritikin program, which was just that was that was that is good stuff. That was yeah. you know well, he, all the bad guys would do these silly photos. Anytime you need a photo of someone, it's somebody who writes or draws or edits the magazine all the time. So like you had Bill Gaines and his other like old obese friends just take their shirts off and look ridiculous in the picture. <laughs> I would, um, they called me in for one once. They were doing a catalog of various uh, courses or something. And they said, come in and you have to wear a suit because you're like a successful businessman in this photo. I said, oh, so I was on show up on Wednesday with, you know, dress nicely. I said, okay, fine. So I show up there. I said, oh, okay, we, we switched some things around because you're not a businessman anymore. You're going to be a psychotic dwarf. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> well, Joe, you've been appearing in the magazine forever. You've been you do the you do the the guy with the the the, shirt, the pants pulled up and the suspenders. Who is that? Is that that character have a name? You're going back now, decades. Well, but you've been, but you've appeared I, I, a lot. I, I was I appeared as a that was a wrestling right. spoof. I was called Harold the Killer Accountant. Right, but you but you've appeared more than once. I've appeared and, a bunch of times in yeah. the magazine. You dressed, all, we, dressed we, as a giant lobster. You were a lobster in a right. wedding dress. That's yes. where the wedding dress is famous. Um, <laughs> it, uh, as a my favorite is as a nun. Uh, playing basketball with an inflatable penguin. <laughs> that, that's probably my, my my favorite. We can't afford models, <laughs> right? You, you know, we we can't afford. That's models. why when I write a piece, it's for Photoshop. That's what yeah, you it's do. E- it's easier. You know, and listen, you know, your your great piece in the magazine, which has been reprised recently, Thank is you. the banana. You're- the you're, banana re- Republican you're piece. You're too kind. You're um, too kind. Oh, you have to be kind. I wrote something similar once at one point, and they wrote back to me and said, "And they said, look at Frank's article and like try to like make it in that vein." <laughs> that's, 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 that's absolutely serious. You flatter and embarrass me at the same time, boys. Yes, I was I was proud of the way that. Uh, and the way and those pieces... what was the connection or opinion of Mad TV? We like Mad TV. Yeah, we like Mad yeah. TV. I mean, it was very successful. It ran. It's coming back. You know, I just, you know, Carol. Is that true? Carol Leifert just posted uh, 
yesterday that she's going to be one of the writers. No kidding. Yeah, it's coming. I think it's coming back for eight episodes or eleven episodes. We had Carol on here. It it ran for a long time. It ran for eleven years or thirteen years, and it it um, it really didn't reflect the magazine. I would say all that well. It was a different style of humor. The the the, the Mad Cartoon Show um, on the Mad on on the Cartoon Network really had more of the the magazine sensibilities than Mad TV did. But but I think Mad TV was really good for Mad. Introduced us to a whole new new audience. So I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't the magazine. No, but, but it was. It's Quincy it's Jones. Like a yeah, Quincy, Saturday yeah. Night Live. Yeah, but it didn't, and, yeah. it didn't embarrass the magazine in any way. No, it and wasn't, it, it, unlike uh, Up the Academy. To bring it full Lush, circle. Lest we forget. I said Rod Lieben did something to take his name off that movie. Yeah. I was asking Des through the glass before. The, it, I think it was Robert Downey I think, Sr. I think it was. I, I, I mean, the guy made two terrific right. uh, I couldn't satires. communicate my, I, I believe that's true, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's true. The other thing I will say. Director of Putney. Swope. Is, is oh, it, that I know is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mad TV is, you know, came out of the West Coast. Right. I think of the magazines as having really New York sensibilities. It, oh, of it course. It really has New York sensibilities. So, and it terrified a, me when I thought you guys were going to leave. And uh, Terrified you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's employed right. there. You're, you're employed there. I'm glad, I'm glad you stuck around. You, you want to you wanna throw in any plugs, any mad plugs or any personal plugs? You've got a uh, radio show. Oh, it's a at a WDST at a Woodstock on Sunday mornings. I mean, it's a good. Gilbert and I have been on the show. You guys have been We've on. Been we, we, we do. We do. We do. Oh yeah, we do a good show called yeah. the Woodstock Roundtable. Okay, every Sunday morning on WD, uh, WDST.com. But more importantly, uh, you can subscribe to Mad and and go to MadMag.com and you can subscribe to Mad or get get the digital version of of Mad. And we're also. Uh, we have now available on Zazzle our Trump poster, "Make America Dumb Again." I love it. Um, with the uh, with the uh, basically uh, Alfred E. Newman on a spring popping out of Trump's head. Trump's been very good for for Mad and for comedy in in general. Yeah, it's the old question: What do you do when life becomes uh, weirder and darker and and sillier than anything you can actually satirize? With him, it's arrived. Um, there's an issue in uh, the article in the new issue that I wrote, basically taking Bible quotes and Trump, Trump quotes and putting them side by side. Since he has the, Trump said the Bible's his favorite book, so right. sort of putting his own quotes to the test. And I don't want to spoil the surprise, right. but <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of how do you top the, the ridiculousness of this guy, and at the same time, he's kind of a gift. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, that's it's true of a lot of people. It was true of Ted Cruz, and yeah. it's true of Bush. You know, Des, you have anything to plug? Um, I believe Up the Academy is out on DVD. <laughs> you doing, you're doing a commentary? <laughs> you know, I, I heard that that was so bad that Mad actually paid to take Alfred. Somewhere between ten and $50,000. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I don't know if I've said this. Ron Liebman got his name taken off it. I don't know and, if I meant And I want to shout out, since you brought all those writers up, all the great Mad writers that we grew up on, and some of them are gone, but Larry Siegel and Stan Hart. And Dick DeBartolo, who we had here, and Frank Jacobs, and am I leaving anybody oh, Arnie out? Arnie Kogan. Arnie um, Kogan, who's still around, and yes, we should he, get Arnie still for writes the podcast. for Mad from time to time. He's, yes, um, Arnie Kogan, still around. Who am I leaving um, out? I said Larry Siegel. Let's see. Um, Lou Silverstone was- Lou Sil- the great Lou Silverstone, um, sure. These, these guys uh, deserve uh, a mention. 
and they just got one. And, yeah, and, and and more than that. And I, it's strange. Oh. I I I grooved to the artists. I wasn't a comedy writer then. I was going to be an illustrator. So I was mm-hmm. into Bob Clark, and I was into Ricard and, mm-hmm. I, and Woodbridge. Yeah, I couldn't have named who those guys were oh, yeah. at the time. I wrote an article maybe twenty years ago. I'm trying to think. Um, basically, the premise was taking a, um, adult themed movies and turning them to Disney movies. So it was like Pulp Fiction if Disney did it, and like um, the right. John Wayne Bobbitt porn film if Disney did it. Right. <laughs> which was right. Um, and so I, I handed, and basically I wrote the whole thing, and this Disney song parodies in the middle of it. And they called me and said, "This is we like, we like the article. Um, would you mind if we gave it to Frank Jacobs to take a look at it?" I was like, uh, "No, I wouldn't mind that yeah. at all," because Frank Jacobs is the master of that stuff. And basically, he just went over it and like added a few things. And so it ended up being like a, a co-credit. Like I was with, by me with you know additional material from him. And it was like a class in comedy writing because I took a look at the thing and so That's great. And I'm looking saw my song what I wrote and I said, oh, "Oh, look here, he completely threw my thing out and wrote this, and it's much better." And then some of them, he said, he left mine alone. I was like, "Oh my god, he liked it." And then um, some of them were like half and half. He took like what i wrote and there's added lines here and there and of course every one of his lines improved it he's a man he's still a master um like the john wayne bobbitt one one of the ones i wrote was a parody of zippity Duda, the song so it was like when he's getting his penis cut off it's like snippity ooh <laughs> so it's like snippity ooh snippity a and then frank's the one who wrote, it's i i i not to mention oy vey <laughs> that's great and that's that's frank jacobs one he's ahead above everyone and else. i remember the same jacobs song you did isn't that strange yeah, there yeah. were a whole bunch of them. Yeah. You know, w- Weird Al cites yeah. cites Frank. As yeah, we had of, Weird Al on the show, and we talked a little about that. You know, big big mad fan. These guys are influences, you know, and they 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 deserve uh, they deserve. A I don't know if we should try more. this without preparation. At a Christmas party, Joe and I once sang a Frank Jacobs song, the Christmas song, um, sticking out their greedy little hands. Do you remember this at all? Doorbells ring. Yep, that's, that's you guys want to hear a Frank Jacobs Christmas song? <laughs> but, but, Not but, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mentioned it. It was not my he's idea. St- he, st- I, he starts singing it. <laughs> Give us I a couple of in. bars. You remember it? Sure, I remember it. Go, go, go quick. <laughs> Doorbells <laughs> ring. It's the season, and you know no, what's the reason? There's someone out there who's after, after his share, sticking out his greedy little hand. First to come ah, is the doorman. He'll, He'll complain. He's, he's a poor man. man. The, the janitor's next on some weak pretext, sticking out his greedy little hand. hand. I like it. Ah. <laughs> Okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess if that's right. not a cue to wrap up the show, Jacobs is still a genius. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very talented person, yeah. really. I, I'm sorry I got talked into that. Do you want to plug any of the Lennon, the Lennon shows or any of that yeah, well, stuff? Well, given that the next, you know what, we have a Bob Dylan, uh, uh, plug it, brother. Positively Bob Dylan, Volume 2. Right. I'm producing, okay. uh, that's at City Winery here in New York on August 3rd. Okay. And tickets are available at citywinery.com. definitely be up before that'll August 3rd. Be, that'll be a great show with uh, Anais Mitchell and Steve Forbert and uh, Nellie McKay and okay. get get tickets and come. It'll be great. Fantastic. Okay, so from Mad Magazine, we've been talking to Joe Ravioli <laughs> and Desmond Tutu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's in, those are like mad names. Yeah. That's in honor of, that's in the spirit of the magazine, wouldn't thank, you say? Thank you, Gilbert Gottlieb. You know? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, sure. And this, this, was, this has this was been fun. Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsession. <laughs>